Y'all know. You know what it is. How many times we got to say this? 05. 50 dozen. 50 11 times. Hmm. Super duty tough work. We in the building. I know, man. They can't take us out of here, man. You know, we, we done been through the rain, sleet, hell, storms. You know, we've been through the uh, podcasting apocalypse of 2020. Mm-hmm. When people stopped commuting and everybody's lessons took a hit. Yeah. And we still stand it. The most infamous podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Planet Earth. Blueprint. Analogic. How you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Um, my my oldest son moved out oh, Thursday. Oh snap! I know you was so, partying. You was dancing in his room, like dancing in his room. Like, yeah, <laughs> one down, two to go. One down, two ah, to let's go. go. Did you scream "Let's go" after he left? Like "Let's nah. go." <laughs> I didn't because my wife was in her feelings. Okay, if she wasn't there, you know you'd have been like "Let's fucking go," right? Dancing on the ceiling, <laughs> right? You came in there like, "Can I grab anything? You need more help, son? Let me move these boxes for you." <laughs> Need me to call five guys in the tow truck? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, got him out of there super fast. That's yeah, got to be a so, good feeling. Yeah, you know, like it's one down, two to go. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and just hoping and praying that you know he uh, he understands and grows up. You know, because it's a different world out there. You know what I mean? Basically, that he don't come back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to. Trying to ease on ease everybody out, you know. Yeah, not trying to have no revolving door joint over there. Nah, it's not. It's not happening that way, yo. <laughs> that is not the plan. You know, that is not the plan. Yeah, and me and the wife celebrated twenty years this week. Congratulations! You know, this last week. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations! Yeah. I remember when years. you proposed to her. Yeah, man, we had the worst show of our careers that night, boy. <laughs> it was bad. You remember that one? Yeah, I remember that. I remember Jesus, that. man, our DJ kept our dub plates. Your your proposal yeah. actually was the best moment of the show. Yeah, it was the highlight. It was the it high went point. Downhill after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it went it went way downhill. But you know, <laughs> that was the B sides album release party. Yep, sure held was. at the Dragonfly. Yeah. In Columbus. Man, that was our one and only show there. They was tripping mm-hmm. on us. That this is back, people don't know these days. This was back when venues used to hate hip hop. Hated it. But they would mess with you because they saw that people was coming out. Yeah, and they could make some money. Yep. So they gave us this crazy high quota on the bar that they had to do. And da 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 da. Cause they didn't want one person was like, Yeah, we want to do it, but the other person was like, really didn't want to have it. We packed it. hmm Beat their quota. And then yep. they were like, well, y'all can't come here no more because we found an empty beer bottle on the side of the stage or some shit like that. Oh, really? I didn't know that. You didn't I know did that? I did not know that. Nah, yeah. I didn't know that. We're just like, well, it was probably it was one of your people, your performers. We're just like, who's that guy doing? It's a beer bottle. Yeah. Throw it away. Like, y- y'all gave us, they told us we had to make like 2500 at the, at the off the bar or something that night. Was we had to pay them? Yeah, it was crazy high. It was that's crazy. Yeah, see, like that's when I didn't. Yeah, you wasn't. Yeah, I ain't deal with none of that shit. I just showed up and rapped. I ain't. I ain't dealing none of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we was dealing with that just to throw a show, and we 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 killed everything. You know, door did paid everything, and it was just uh. But then they came back front the next week. We're saying, all right, 
But that used to happen a lot back in those days where venues would kind of set these super high things for us that they wouldn't for nobody else because they just were scared of hip hop. And then we would win. They would still try to find a way to kind of like not nah, let us do it again. You know, yeah. they was worried about their brand, you know. But yeah, super duty, tough work. That's a logic. You know, this man proposed at a rap show. Brung his, yeah. his now wife on stage. And, you know, they've been together ever since. Ever since. Congrats to that man. You know, so, yeah, this week, this week. You know, we're going to talk about something that we've never talked about in here before. Mm-hmm. You've talked about it a bit mm-hmm. with your record. And this is a this is a topic that we want to that we took from one of our listeners. And the listener is Bridge 818. Shout out to you, brother. You know, Bridge 818. And uh, his uh, question is about mixing and mastering and his message he sent us. On the Super Duty Tough Work uh, Instagram uh, page, which you should be following if you're right. listening here. Also, YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's lit. Mm-hmm. Get on over there. But he sent us a message and said, afternoon, morning. Uh, I have a Super Duty topic request. I'm just finishing up my first album and I can't work out if I need to go external for mixing, mixing and mastering. Or if I've got the ear for it. So far, everything has been done in-house. Literally, going to your pod for tips. Hold on, there's another half of this I'm missing. Hold on. One second. For tips. But I'm close to the final stage and I was wondering the pros and cons of getting someone else to do it or trying myself. Mm. We've been in this boat, my man. Yes. Logic has been in this boat a lot more than me in recent years. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this would be a good topic for us to talk about, you know? And so we want to talk about, should you mix and master your own albums? And what are the factors? What are the pros and cons? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, um, this is obviously a music related topic, but I think there's some parallels in some other businesses that you might yes. hear in this discussion so uh we'll take a break and we'll be right back we got you stuck off the realness the most infamous you heard of us official podcast murderers the show comes equipped with few points to share grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow so go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode you're not alone in this world cousin so we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to they spread gossip but they never come closer i can hear it inside their tone they talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free huh. so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright folks, Super Duty Tough Work, back again, Mm-hmm. mixing mastering y'all know 
Maybe y'all don't. That's why you're here. <laughs> right. We go figure this thing out. Should you mix and master your own music? Now, let's talk about what we do individually. Now, me, I have been mixing my own music forever. Um, yeah, you mix my albums. You missed all the early Waitlist stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mix everything. So pretty much mm-hmm. any record you heard from Waitlist, I mixed. You know, Logic's first three albums, all of my solo records. The only record I've ever done that was mixed by somebody else was the um, the Vigilante Genesis record. That was mixed by X144. Um, but outside of that, every other record I've ever done has been uh, mixed by myself. Meaning I'm the I mean, I'm the producer of all those records. So naturally, we know as producers it kind of flows much easier to start mixing your own work when you've produced it because, you know, what you're looking for more than anybody else. Right. And so I have pretty much done that my whole career mixed all my records. But what I will add on is just when it comes to mastering, I have never mastered any project I've put out. From the beginning, I always had someone else. All the weightless stuff, we used to go to this studio that was out. out uh, God, I, I lived on the west side then in Cincinnati. There was a guy, I can't remember the name of the studio, but we mastered all the early weightless stuff over there. And I would just sit in with him when he mastered our stuff. you know. Mm-hmm. And this was, I always had a fear of like not knowing nothing about mastering and trying to do too much. You know what I'm saying? And so I always wanted to get somebody else involved on those records. So we all had somebody always had somebody else master our records. I've always done that. Now, back in those days, it was more separate than it is now. Now it's like mixing and mastering. It's the line is really blurred for a lot of people. Yeah. Simply because the software has we got has gotten so much cheaper. And so that's just me. But I've maintained that I have no desire to master my own music. Mm. Mixing is what I feel comfortable doing. And after that, I feel completely comfortable sending it off to somebody else. Now, Logic is in a different boat. I'll let you explain kind of your progression and everything you've done in Logic. Yeah, like, um, well, I started out, I mixed, I started out just mixing vocals first. Yeah. Um, with the Capture the Sun stuff and all the stuff I did with Blockhead, um, all of those were recorded on, you know, two-track beats. He would just mm-hmm. send me the beats. But I mixed all the vocals um, for those records and that's how I started and got into yeah. the whole mixing process and then as I started to produce then I started to mix my own beats and then you know autopilot mixing my own album and mixing my own vocals now in that time I, I did pass it off to someone to mix for me and I wasn't happy with what they were doing because I had an idea of how I wanted the record to sound yeah and you know passing mixing off to someone else it kind of changed the sound of the record and it didn't give me what i was going for mm. um as far as in my new project that i have coming out i mixed that as well as far as mastering though um i do want to learn but i'm not really trying to be that guy that mixes and masters everything because for one the mixing process is super time consuming which we'll talk about yes um and so i can only imagine what the mastering process is because when i do pass off you know, my stuff to get mastered. I mean, it's at least a couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just with somebody that that's what they do. Yep. It's a couple of weeks with me trying to learn it. It will probably be a few months, you know, <laughs> and I ain't really trying to do that. You know yes. what I mean? But yeah. as far as mixing, I, 
I prefer to mix my own stuff because again, like I know what sound I'm going for and you know, I'm able to manipulate the music as far as what I wanted to sound like and having a good relationship with the person that I do have mastering the stuff. They're teaching me elements that helps them in the mastering process, yes. which is helping me learn how to mix better. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. So we're kind of similar in that sense. Like we don't master our own stuff at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so like this episode, you know, you guys have heard, you know, our stories and we just want to put that out there. So you kind of got some kind of know there are people out here who do all of it. There are many mm-hmm. producers I know, especially on the production guys who only do beats. Yeah. It's very routine for them to mix and master all of their material. You know, they don't have vocalists. A lot of times I'm not even sure if they're even tracking out their beats. A lot of times I think that they're kind of just doing it all in the same app in the same sitting, you know what I mean? And, right. and there's no true, there's no one else being a part of that. But you know, today's discussion we're going to talk about the pros and cons of all of this you know because over the years of doing this you know you started your record with black hills what 2013 2012 yeah 2012 13 yeah so that's it's 2020 so almost 10 years ago you were mixed mm-hmm. you start off mixing vocals then and now 10 right. years later you're now able to mix your own record that's a long time you know yeah. to where you feel comfortable with your mixes yeah, and i still i'm still learning shit i still yeah. really like a lot of it is experimentation and yes. really just kind of fixing my ear to hear what I want to hear and how I want to hear it. And, you know, yes. does this delay, is this delay too much? You know what I'm saying? Is this reverb too much? Do I need delay? You know, just little yep. shit like that. I still don't necessarily know all of the technical shit about yeah. mixing. Like I couldn't have a, a conversation with Bob Power about mixing. Cause Hell I don't no. know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I, I can tell you what I want my shit to sound like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like that song. Yeah. I need my song yeah. to sound like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, that's kind of what mixing is about. You know what I mean? At a very yeah. fundamental level, it's like, that sounds good. I want this to sound like that. Yeah. And I'll sit here till I make that happen. But yeah, so we're going to talk about the pros of mixing and mastering your own music. Now let's talk about the pros first. The pros, which we alluded to a little bit earlier, the first pro is cost. Yes. Look, even though it's much cheaper now to have a record mixed, much cheaper now to have a record mastered than it was back in the day, it still costs. Mm-hmm. People ain't out here working for free. Right. And so you as an artist, you got to understand that one of the biggest savings you're going to get is that if you know how to mix and master your own shit, you're going to save a lot of money Mm -hmm. because depending on how like obsessive you are about your sound, you might want to take a long ass time to mix it. Yeah. Five, six passes per song. Minimum. (laughs) You know, then you're going to go back after you start listening to them next to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good, man. I ain't got the highs to match this one. Let me rework that one, or let me rework this so it sounds more uniform. At least five, six passes, right? Like the 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 records that took me the the shortest to mix were the records that I just was like, I was coming off a record that took me a long time to mix. Mm-hmm. So like, King No Crown is a record I put a lot into, just like technically making it sound sonically really good, and that was because that was basically 
done a, a little bit after Adventures in Counterculture. Very clean records sonically. But then, you know, I had Respect Architect, a grimy record. But those records, like the Kingdom Crown record, I probably took at least six months Yeah, to mix. At least. Wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it was longer. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I, you know, it, it, it's... Would, would I have been able to pay a mix engineer to do that? I mean, you could have. Yeah. But, but do you want to invest that? Like, is that money that you really want to put into? Because you got to think, like, mixing a song, what people charge? Probably 25, 50 bucks a song, maybe. You know, and that's on the cheap That's on that's the cheap. very side. cheap. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I mean, that's on the shit. cheap side. Per hour. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dudes are charging that per hour to mix a lot of them. Like, yeah. When we got what's his name? Uh shit, mixing for uh um uh, Vigilante Genesis. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know twenty five dollars. <laughs> my man, my man X forty four worked for uh EA Sports. Oh you know? yeah, so he he doing things, you know what I'm saying? It's a little different over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he kind of knows some things. He knows yeah, some things. He know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah he's not doing no fucking twenty five dollars a song to mix the Aesop Rock and Blueprint out. You know what I mean? It's right, just a little right. different. You know, but you can find twenty five dollars a song to mix. Someone will do it for that. But in general, yeah. it's still it's not cheap. Depending on your budget, you know yeah. what I mean. And depending you, on how many songs you got, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. think about it. Like if you do. Even if it's twenty five dollars a song and you got fifteen songs, yeah, that's some bread. That's, that's some, some bread. bread. That's some you bread. know, and then you haven't even got it mastered yet. Yeah, and and here's what's crazy is like a lot of people in the mixing thing and why it's tricky is like I found that the flat rate thing when it comes to mixing and mastering works more in on the mastering side than on the mixing side. Right, like some you can find guys to mix for flat rate or song but usually mm-hmm. i find guys who do the flat rate stuff on the mastering side more common you know what i mean like right, per right. song mastering boom 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 mixing because like you're saying it depends on how many tracks you send them what if you send in the motherfucker 30 tracks right exactly and yeah. how many you know how many tracks are in each song yes you know what i'm saying like how much work do they have to do per song yeah yeah you know? so it, it can it can vary you know so learning how to mix yourself can save you a lot of money. And as we Very just much. talked about with like Illogic's example, he started learning how to mix in 2012. Mm-hmm. It's 2000, almost 22, almost 10 years later, he's still not like, yeah, my mixes is the crispiest. I can, ooh. Right. You know, he's like, these are good for me. These are, these will do. This is my sound. <laughs> Let's get this record out. Exactly. exactly. You know, because I've had people, I've had people like ask me, like, yo, do you offer mixing services? And I'm like, I can try. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I know how my I know how my stuff is supposed to sound. And I know how I want my stuff to sound. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to mix to your liking. And do I want to take the time to learn how you like your shit to sound to get it there? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because that's yeah. a lot of time, you know, taken. Yeah, and that and that's a perfect segue to the number two pro of mixing yourself, uh, which is control. Yes, you are the only person who knows how your shit's supposed to sound. Mm-hmm. If if, but I will say this: 
being a producer plays a large part in that. Yes. This doesn't necessarily apply to people who are not producers. If you're a vocalist, yeah, you know how your shit's supposed to sound vocally. But I don't think you really have the same vision for the mix that a producer would who made the track. But so as producers, we want to have more control over our shit. I don't like giving my shit to people and then, you know, they fuck with the levels. Yeah. And then all the drums don't bump. Or they they overcompress an instrument and then it sounds like crap that I didn't want Mm -hmm. to sound like crap. I wanted that one to be clean, you know, or they they got my vocals too low in the mix. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, that's not, it's just like too high or too high in the mix. The music is just, it's like, that's not my sound. You know what I mean? I want control of my sound. So for me, mixing allows me to do that. I get to control where my vocals is at. I'm not the best engineer, but I understand my music and I've mixed dozens of records in my life. So, you know, like, like Logic said, like I've, I did his first three albums, you know, I was doing all this waitlist stuff in addition, all of my albums, you know, so Mm -hmm. I've mixed dozens of albums and been doing that part since early two thousands. But at the same time, I want control, man. Yeah. And, and not to say, here's the thing. This is not to say I wouldn't relinquish control to somebody else because I've done it, right? Mm-hmm. But what it does say is that before I give someone else control over my mixing, I need to trust that they know who I am. Right. Because that's really the question here. You can turn over your mixing and mastering to someone else as long as you know that they know who you are. Mm-hmm. You can't have someone mixing your record who doesn't listen to the kind of things that you do or right, doesn't right. understand your body of work mm-hmm. like what you sound good where your vocals need to sit in the mix you know yeah. like i could not mix in a logic record for 15 years and if he gave me a record to mix tomorrow it would sound just as crispy as the shit we did 15 years ago because i know what this man trying to do right, right. like we formulated that shit together like no that's how we want this record to sound it's not like i don't listen to a logic's music I'm no stranger coming off the street. I know how to make this dude's vocals pop. Because I've been doing it. I know him. I know what he wants. I know how dark he wants his music. I know how, I know what he, I know what he is trying to do. Right. Could a stranger do that? I don't think so. Nah. I don't think so. And that is the thing that I think stops a lot of artists from giving up control of mixing. It's the trust factor. They don't trust the people who are their options to mix it. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that you pointed out is them knowing you, because a lot of <clears throat> a lot of engineers, they go, th- they have formulas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they have formulas that they use when they mix a record. Yeah. And no matter who the artist is, they use those same formulas yes. for whatever record they're mixing. Now, depending on where you are in music and what kind of music that you make. Then that might be OK. Mm-hmm. But if you have a specific sound, you know, there's a reason that NASA mixed all of Def Jook's records. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was very rare, if ever, that they went outside of, you know, NASA to get records mixed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because he knew what they sounded like. Like I would trust you to mix one of my records. You yes. know what I'm saying? Because I would trust him to mix one of my records. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain people that I know 
understand, you know, even how I make beats and how I want my shit to sound. Yeah. I would trust them before I trusted someone else, you know, because you guys know me and you understand, you know, where I'm going musically and where I want to go. Yes, exactly. So the control thing, I mean, if you're if you're an artist and you are thinking about getting someone else to mix your record, you have to have this conversation with yourself. Are the people who I'm considering doing this with familiar with my work? Yeah. Question number one. Number mm-hmm. two, am I comfortable in giving them control over this? And allowing them to make the final call as far as like making the best out of this music, right? Because yeah. sometimes you may, you can be wrong. We can be wrong as artists. We can we might and and the thing about us is we might not be thinking big enough sometimes. Yeah, that is that is definitely true. One of the things that I did learn when I did give my uh, autopilot record to someone else to mix, there were certain things that he did that I was like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that that yeah. sounds good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm gonna take what did you do there? Like what plugin <laughs> did you use to get you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's certain things that I did pick up in that process, but still the overall sound, you know, you still want that control. Especially yeah. and it was my first self produced record. So yeah. I had to make a statement as far as my sound. You know yes. what I mean? And I knew I wanted to sound a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the conversation, man. It's about control at that point. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know what? We'll take a break and we'll be right back. What? This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you, as a listener or watcher of this podcast, need to absolutely own. The first is The 10 Traits of Successful Hip-Hop Artists. And the second is The Social Media Cheat Code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 Traits of Successful Hip-Hop Artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip-hop today. Um, The book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip-hop, along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast the 10 traits of successful hip-hop is for you second book is the social media cheat code that is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media it's not for super experienced people it's actually for people who are on social media but are not getting the results you need so what we did is i broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show. Okay, folks, we back. Super, duty, tough, work, magnificence, and logic. Doing a podcast thing. This week we're talking about mixing and mastering. Should you do it? Should you hire someone else? We can't tell you what to do. Right. But we can tell you the thought process behind making the decision. 
And that's what this episode is about to hopefully have a conversation that will give you some uh, some pointers, some some points, you know, to kind of consider whenever you are going to make that decision. So you make the right decision. So we we got we just been talking about the pros. And we got two more pros left about doing it on your own. And the third pro of doing it on your own is priority. Yeah, this is unspoken, but no one makes you the number one priority like you. I mean, you go to these big mastering houses, you get somebody else to mix. You're going to be in the queue. You in line. They got somebody else in front of you. They're going to be working on that record before they work on your joint. Yeah. And ain't nothing wrong with that. That's just the way business works. You don't get to just say, hey, my record done and everybody drop everything and mix it. Or master it. Well, you know what I'm saying? They're going to be people who have things that they are working on. And your shit is not the priority. Or right. let's say that you, you, you have a mix. They sent you some mixes or, or some masters. And you're like, oh, okay, well, here's a set of revisions. You take a week or two to listen. You set a revision. They've been making money while you not doing that. Right, right. They have moved on. They yeah, mixed somebody else's record. <laughs> hello, hello. And so you can't just expect them to sit around waiting on you. Mm-hmm. And so when you come back around to that person who's working on your record, understand they might be working on something that might take them a second to get back to you to work on your stuff, to pick up that ball yeah. again. Because you've, you know, you had to listen and, and get some notes written and all this other stuff. It's part of the process. But what I'm basically trying to say is that you make you the priority when you mix your own stuff. And sometimes when you work with other people, you got to know that like that might not always be the case. But if you want to be the priority all the time, then you might need to look at doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. So that's number three pro. The number four pro of mixing and mastering your own stuff is experience. I think this is the most important thing personally. Yeah, yeah. Because most of this stuff when it comes to music specifically, uh, you know, we always say there ain't no manual for it. There are people who write books on mixing and mastering and and this and the third and tutorials and stuff, but you and I can both confirm that there's nothing like doing it. Mm-hmm. Every album sounds different. Right. So every album is a different test of your ear. You know, like I have records that I'm rapping on. I have songs I'm singing on. I have songs that are sparse. I have songs that are dense, slow songs, fast songs, synths, samples. Each of these types of sounds gives you a different lesson. You know, you learn something different from mixing it, those records. Um, And if you are a person who wants control of your music and you're not mixing it or involved in a mixing process, you weren't getting that experience. Right. And so you have lodging now is 10 years of experience that he wouldn't have got if he didn't absolutely have to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Same thing here. I didn't have no options. There was nobody even around us in Cincinnati who was like, Hey, I'll mix your records for y'all. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that era. This was, we was selling tapes hand to hand. We didn't have no relationships, no damn studios. Right. You know what I mean? He was like, okay, we got to buy monitors. Okay, let's buy some monitors. Okay, we got to buy this multi track recorder. All right. You know how to work? Nah, I'll sit down and figure <laughs> out how to work it. 
Yeah. Give me about a, give me a couple weeks, and then I'll I'll have y'all over once we figure it out. But we didn't have engineers back then. Engineering is so much more prevalent now. You know, it's one of those things where there are dope engineers, and many of the movements that you see have dope engineers mm-hmm. as a part of them. You know, what I mean, that's a good thing. That means the quality of music has went up so much. You know. Yeah. Like I noticed this even when I listen to like Griselda's records. I'm like, oh yeah. It's dirty, but it's clean. Clean and dirty at the same time. <laughs> yeah, dirty but clean. Sounds same so with Rock Marcy. Yeah. Like all of them cats. Like, like the, the the ethic of it is grimy. Mm-hmm. But sonically, it's so yeah. fucking clean. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. That is not an accident. It's not an accident. That only happens when you find an engineer who knows what the hell you're trying to do. Yeah. And knows your sound. And that uh you know that comes with experience man and but you as a person mixing it because i believe rock marciano probably mixed his first record or two i'm sure you know what i mean because his records definitely sound cleaner now than they did back then you know what i'm saying and so uh it's crazy now it's like but you rob yourself of that experience like the reason i am a good engineer now the reason my albums sound clean now is because i was gifted the experience of mixing the first three logic records First three or four greenhouse records, my first four or five records, you know what I'm saying? And this record and that record and a zero star record and an envelope record and all these things I did in my first four or five years, my first four or five years doing this, I probably mixed 10 records, mm-hmm. you know, every year I mixed like two records a year at least. And eventually I got good at it. But if you want to gain the experience and understand the process better, you have to try it yourself. Yeah. And I think. The experience is something that helps you at least learn what you want things to sound like. You might not want to mix forever, but it's just like doing anything. Part of the reasons that we picked up cameras and started doing videography and photography is so we could learn how to speak the language to people when we hire them to do photography and videography. That way we can tell them what we want. Yes. You know, that's what the experience allows you to do is learn how to speak the language in some ways. You know what, you know, what sounds good at what decibel, you know, place for your music because you've done it and you've had that experience. Now you can tell someone else, oh, I don't put compression on whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I EQ my drums this way. You know what I'm saying? So you can understand how to speak that language to someone if you do hire outside help. To mix later on, you have the experience where you, you know, you know how to tell someone what you want because you've done it enough to where you know what you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Great point. Especially, you know, you saying that makes me think about just like learning how to record yourself is an art in itself. Yeah. That's why I started with vocals. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Until until you try that and do that and you can work with an engineer who can tell you specifically some tips like, okay. Here's how you get a clean signal. Here's what you need to do here. Set your thing here against here. Never go above this. If your signal goes in here, you're in trouble. Keep it here. Like these are things you learn, but you have to do them when it comes to engineering. And in, in just learning how to record a clean vocal, you've, you, number one, you set yourself on a path to learning how to, you know, make clean mixes all around. Right. Like higher quality all around. But then you've also set yourself on a path to like, being able, like you're saying, to speak the language to other people who you hire. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't pick up the camera so we can do everything. Right. We picked up the camera so we could fill the gaps yeah. and speak the language to those who we hire. Right. 
So like that's very important. Like don't pick up mixing uh if you just want to do everything. Right. Approve oh I did everything. It's not the it's not the point. You pick it up. You, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But you ultimately want to learn so that when you do speak to other people and you can interface with this whole other world and get better results. I don't right. care if you mix it. I don't care if your mama mix it. Does it sound good? Yeah, that's all that matters in the end. That, that's all fans care about. They're not going to be like, you know what? These mixes are terrible. I can't hear his vocals, but at least he mixed it himself. Right. <laughs> that's not happening. They don't give a fuck. Like the only time somebody asks, like, who mixed this record is when it sounds bad. <laughs> Facts. You know what I'm saying? With it, like, if you're just regular fans, they could care less. Uh-huh. Now, to us artists, if a record sound good, we like, who the fuck mixed this shit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's the same rule for for uh, bad mixes as it is in uh, film. I've read film yeah. books that said like, when it comes to effects, if people can notice them, they're mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. It, sh- it should always be something where it's there, but you ain't noticing like, oh, I noticed that special effect. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't notice the shit. The right. less they just see it and, and it seems separate from the thing, the worse it is. Yeah. Same thing with fucking mixing. It's so it's so true. But yeah, that's the experience thing. So let's talk about the cons. Mm. Number one con of mixing your own shit and mastering your own shit is time too much time bro look we said time yeah someone else's time you know there's a you you save money but when you save money what do you got to give up Mm -hmm. time (laughs) it's the paradox the paradox is this to save money you got to spend time to save time you got to spend money that's the creator's paradox <laughs> no one gets around it. Nope. No one. In every aspect, too. Like every talking aspect. about this, yeah, but in every aspect, <laughs> to save money, you spend in time. Save time. <laughs> you spending money. Yeah, that dough. You know, like, yeah, sure, you can fix the plumbing in your house, but it'll take you two months and you won't be able mm. to shit in your own toilet. Yeah. Let me just write that check. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts. Do I need to do the research to learn how to change oil or should I just go get an oil change from Firestone? Right. You know what I mean? Drop that 25 real quick. Right. You know? Yeah. Because I don't got, you know what I'm saying? I got time. Oh, I got money, but I don't got the time. I got the $30 mm-hmm. for the oil change. Yeah. I just don't got the hours of this time it's going to take to get under there, figure this out, get the pan, empty the pan, make sure it's right, change my clothes, get unchanged, check the thing. I'm dirty. Two hours and went by. Yeah, this shit can get done in fifteen minutes at Jiffy Lube. Yes, <laughs> they can have me in and out of there. <laughs> Same thing applies to music, man. The time is the biggest drawback of mixing and mastering your own shit. The only exception is if you actually went to engineering school. Yeah, and engineering is your first craft. Right. It's it's in your wheelhouse. It means nothing to you. But for guys like us, we didn't go to engineering school. We didn't learn how to engineer. We learned this shit on our own. So it takes us longer. Making a beat is easy. Yeah. Making the beat sound good a little harder. <laughs> Definitely. I learned that one real quick. Because <laughs> right. that shit, that shit you keep in there because it sounds, you know, funky and weird. 
That'll mm-hmm. be the shit that make your mixing take forever. Yeah, should be out of phase. You yeah. know, what I mean? like, it sounds like <laughs> just, crap. Just random shit. Like you put it in the car. It's like, yo, that sounded great in my headphones. What yeah. the fuck happened between my computer and my car? What happened? You, and you take it out the mix, and your mix sound great without it. You like uh, mm-hmm. might have yeah. to do that. This just mm-hmm. sound. Damn, you mute that track, and it lets you know that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but time. Who's got all that time? Everyone doesn't have that luxury. If you're a person where time is not a commodity that you have in abundance, then mixing your own records is not for you. You got to have the time to dedicate to it. And the thing about engineers, it's what they do. Yes. That's all they do. That's all they do. They got the time. Things that would take you forever, take them minutes. Yeah. Seconds. They can immediately hear what you can't. And so you got to understand time. Yeah, you save some money mixing your own shit. But what if it takes you a year to mix your own record? What did you really yeah. save? Right. Right. You could have you could have had it done in two weeks. Yeah. Had it out and been on to the next new record by now. Mm-hmm. You could be promoting it, doing working on everything else, but instead because you want to mix it for a fucking year. Now it's like nah, too much time. Yeah, man, like for autopilot, it probably took me maybe two, three months to mix the whole record and get it exactly where i wanted it before mastering yeah and that's because i was learning in the process everything i was learning everything during that time yeah you know i just got to the point where i made you know 10 12 beats that i thought were dope enough to rap to yeah you know and then going back in and like you said like hearing stuff and you know doing research and learning about shit i didn't know what phase was i had no fucking clue what that was before i started making beats yeah. you know but doing the research and understanding like oh well these frequencies are hitting each other that's why it don't sound like i got no bass yeah because the kick drum and the bass line are clashing so my bass is canceling out okay yep. now i gotta change you know what i'm saying like going through and figuring all that shit out yep. it took me about 90 days and it's only fucking 11 songs on the record yeah yeah it's a lot of time it's a whole lot of time, bro. And that's all I was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't working on no other records. Wasn't yeah. really writing. Wasn't really. All I was doing was fucking mixing the record. Crazy. I would take two, three hours a night and work on one song. Yeah. And once I got that song to a place, then I go to the next song and then compare the two. Oh, I like how this one bumps a little more. Let me go back to this one and see what I can do with, you know, like all that shit. It's time, man. Uh, a lot of time. Yeah. Shit sucks. It was yeah, a lot quicker this time around with my newer record, though. Yeah, because you, yeah, you've been through it now. Yeah, right? a lot quicker. And you probably ain't even going to obsess about some of the things that you might have obsessed about the first time. You're like, man. Exactly. Let me just make this. You make decisions faster the longer you do it. Yeah. In my early days of mixing, I would fight over some shit to stay in a song. Like, I yeah. would have like, nah, this instrument is fired. Nah, I'm keeping that. Now I'm like, oh, that shit clashing a little bit. Eh, you out of here. <laughs> yeah. Just take it see, out. Something I learned too is like now when I make beats, I make beats with a with an analyzer while I'm making the beat. That way, yeah. in the process, I know when I'm in phase, out of phase. Yeah, you know, like I have an idea of how to get the sound that I want anyway because yeah. I've done it. You know, because of that experience. Yeah, like I've done it enough to where I know from jump. You know, my baseline is going to be on this frequency. Yes. My kick drum is going to be on this frequency. So I don't have to go back and deal with that same shit that I had to deal with, you know, 10 years ago when I, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You be having some weird shit because you be doing a lot of weird experimental shit. Like you make yeah, beats like a motherfucker who don't know shit about engineering. 
Yeah. Like when you first, you're just like, I'm just making shit. Like, yeah. just weird ass shit. I'm like, yeah. Because I'm like, yo, how are you having some of these things you have? I was like, I've been making beats for 20 years. I ain't never had that issue. But then I'm like, <laughs> this this dude just hopped in, just doing whatever the fuck he feel. Yep. And now he's learning engineering. Like, oh, I act, actually, this sounds bad because of that. Because I don't yeah. Things I'm like, oh yeah, that's why he's having all these issues. I'm like, I ain't never ran into that problem. And I've been doing this wild long, but yeah, all right. But you know, you learn from doing this shit, exactly. and eventually you got to get it right because you don't want your record to sound like crap, right? You know. So the last con we got, the last con. I'm sorry, the last last pro we got. Are we? No, hold on. No, oh, the con. con. Second yeah. con we got is less skill. Mm-hmm. You don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit it. But look. We're not professional engineers. Well, no, what the fuck we doing? <laughs> Say it again, man. Say it again. We have no idea what we doing. We guessing, bro. We guessing. We freestyling this shit, man. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We can't. We can tell you that we did something because it sounded good. Yep. But we can't tell you in an academic sense why that shit works the way it works. And yes. why we will make that decision the exactly the same every fucking time through or what yeah. the various things that went in. We can't explain it with that kind of depth. We, we, we're really good at getting our shit to sound good. But when you start talking about other people's shit. You know, you start talking about just like knowing the rules and all the parameters of, of, of digital sound processing and all of this shit. That's not that's not our bag. Man. We're not engineers. Dude, sometimes like I listen to shit and I'll be like, what did I do to do that? Like I forget what <laughs> I was just How? trying shit. If you luck sometimes, man. Yeah, sometimes you just luck into the right VST and you yep. know, you turn the right knob and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, and then you go back and like you forget because you didn't plan it. You don't really know, like you said, the academic, yep. you know, process. You just turning fucking knobs and sitting and testing your ear to see what sounds good and playing in the car, see if it bumps. You know, yep. like it's all, it's all, it's all, um, it's all fun and games and, you know, experimentation, you know, a lot yeah. of times when you're not professionally trained. Facts, facts. That, that thing that you're describing is something that, that happened to me a lot in my video production. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. when I first started producing video, I was just doing what I felt. I got my camera and, and I had good results, some great results, some not so great results. But what I noticed was that I couldn't repeat anything I was doing. <laughs> I was like, and I realized I was like, yo, I can't repeat this. Mm-hmm. I don't know the science behind what the fuck worked right there. Right. Why this shot looks so fucking crispy and why that one don't. Mm-hmm. What I can't tell you the exact settings. I can't tell you why I chose this exact shutter speed. Yeah. I can't tell you the difference between this shutter speed and that shutter speed. I can't tell you what the camera does at this, uh, you know what I'm saying? Aperture in that one. Yeah. I, can't I just tell. know it look good. Thank you. <laughs> I just know the shit know. look good. <laughs> Straight up. I can't tell Straight you if the, if, the, if the lighting was a result, if it looked so crispy because we were outside or because I had the settings right on the inside of the house. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you that. I can't tell no, you what my lights were set at. Yeah. I just know it came out great. And when yeah. I realized that I didn't know that shit, I was like, man, I'm chilling for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped doing music videos. I realized this yeah. after I did that, that, that atmosphere video. 
mm-hmm. that uh, we ain't going to die today. And that video's got like fucking 1.5 million views. But after doing that, I had some opportunity to do some other videos. Mm-hmm. But what I started noticing was that I couldn't repeat the shit I was doing. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you start getting hired to do shit, because yes. they want, they hire you that. because they, yeah, they saw that <laughs> and they want you to do that. Right. And if you don't remember how you did that, you in trouble, then, buddy. Yeah, you in trouble. That's why I don't really mix for people. Because a lot of times, like, I don't know how I got my shit to sound like this exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's why you want me to mix your shit because of how it sounds. I don't yes. know exactly what I did. I don't know exactly the settings on, you know, whatever. I might not even have that VST anymore. I might not even Thank use you. that shit no more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's wild. Yeah, man. And and that that's the biggest difference between me now, though, because now when you see when you and I, all the new videos you've done with me in the last mm-hmm. year, consistent. Right. right. Every shot, every time I can explain why I'm choosing certain things, how mm-hmm. I'm doing certain things, why this lens is better than that lens, why I chose this setting, the science behind. I can explain all of that at mm-hmm. an academic level and my results are now more consistent. Yeah. Now I finally feel comfortable being hired to shoot music videos for people before I didn't because I couldn't repeat the shit. Yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that boat now because <laughs> like my Apex twin video. Yeah, I could not repeat that lighting. I have no fucking clue <laughs> what I did. Love, that man. shit looks so crispy, though. Yeah. And I've tried. I've tried yeah. to do it again just to take pictures. Yeah. It don't look the same. Don't, I don't even remember which lens I used. See, for that. Like, see? I think it was my fifty. I think it was my fifty, but I'm but, not sure. I don't but know. That's why. That's a perfect example, though. Yeah. Say, yeah, that shit happens. It's like you, you can't take money from people if you can't do that in an academic sense. Exactly. Like I like even all the shit I'm shooting now. I'm like, yo, anybody wants this thing, I can do this and better anytime out. Like you and mm-hmm. I shot some fucking sick ass fucking videos in the last year, and it's like. Yeah, we could do that again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing stopping us. I got the. I right. know how to do this shit now. Before I didn't. I was less skilled. I was less skilled. I was creative as shit, but I had less skill, and that was mm-hmm. why I needed to to take a step back. And you got to understand when you're doing it yourself, you might be very good at doing it. Your doing your stuff like that, getting your own mixing to sound great. But if you don't know it at an academic level. You're going to struggle uh, doing it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you might want to consider having someone else do it. If, if you really care about it being done on that level, that high level, because you can't get consistent results. Right. And it, and it goes back to what we said to get consistent results. We got to sit down for three months, six months straight. Mm-hmm. The mix engineering got to do that because right. they know the skill. They know the science behind it. You know, so that's a pro. When you hire someone, you're getting the fucking skill that comes yeah. along with it. They're not guessing what your vocal. They know they know what your your vocal chain got to be off top. Mm-hmm. You know, tweak a little bit. They can hear it right there. Okay, we need some of this. Boom, some of that. That is that's a good thing. You know, understand that. You know, you have less skill than them. They got more. Yeah. So let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Quick announcement. Over the years, we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising. We've always been interested in doing it, 
but in the past we never had the systems in place to make it work properly. I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. That's superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. All right, folks, we back in the, we back in the lab. We back in the house. Back in the building. Back in the face. Super duty. Tough work. Talking about mixing and mastering your projects. Should you do it? Should you not? You know, the last one we actually kind of covered this next point, but uh, you know, we were talking about the pros of getting a pro to do it. And, you know, we kind of touched on it in the last section. And the pro, which was actually a higher skill level. Mm -hmm. That is the bigger pro of getting someone else to do it. You know, we, we spoke about it. And so we're not even going to have to go into that one because it kind of flows hand in hand with the last one, which was you have less skill. They have more. Right. So we're going to get into the number two pro of having someone else do it, which is that you have more time for doing other things. Facts. Imagine what you could be doing if you wasn't spending three months or six months mixing your fucking record. Come on, man. You could probably write and record another record. <laughs> right. Figure out my campaign. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like Shoot all that music videos. Yeah, you know, little stuff. Content, you know. just kind of important stuff. Right. You know, stuff that's just as important as the music, you know, like people learning about the music. You know, you could probably get your website up looking crispy. Mm -hmm. You know, photo shoots. Yeah. Designing merch. Yeah. All this other shit you could be doing, man. Shit, you could be cutting your grass, doing landscape. I don't care. Just anything. Shooting basketball. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Playing frisbee golf. The list goes on and on. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> you right. could be this doing is, it. This is one of the reasons why it took me so long to put the fucking record out. Because I had to do everything <laughs> step by step. Because I was doing everything myself. Yeah. So I didn't have the time to, you know, we understand that, you know, multitasking is a myth. You know what yes. I mean? So... I didn't really have the time while I'm learning how to mix this fucking record. I don't have time to go do a photo shoot. I don't mm -hmm. have time to figure out what I want to do for videos. I don't nope. have time to figure out what I want to do for my campaign because I'm knee deep in fucking tutorials and songs trying to mix this shit. Come on now. No idea. Come on. And so it, it pushes everything else back. Yes. Yes. And it, it fucks up your priorities. Yeah. It fucks up your priorities. You're basically taking on another person's job. Exactly. Like, we don't look at it like that because we're just guys who take on a bunch of different shit. We wear many hats. But you got to look at it. When you start, when you write a record, you record your record, that's a different job. Mm -hmm. Mixing your record, that is a completely different job than being an artist. Mm -hmm. Writing and recording, that's really your job. Right. When you start, like, getting into mixing and engineering and all that shit, you're doing a job that another person does full time. And you taking it on 
thinking that it won't have any consequences on the other things you need to do, but it does. It absolutely does. You know, it's for me, it's one of those things where like the more I do it now, it's like I'm trying to take as little time mixing my records as possible because I've realized in the last few years that that is the part where things start taking forever. Yeah. This is why I, I try to mix at least the production when I'm making the beats. Yeah. I try to mix the beats while I'm making them. That yeah. way I have a sound already where, you know, I don't have as much to do. And if I'm adding vocals, then some yeah. adjustments might need to be made. But as I'm making the beats, I get the sound of the beat itself kind of to where I want it. And then small adjustments are made once vocals are on. But yeah, it saves kills, a lot of time. Yeah, it kills your time, man. So if you value time, you know, and you don't have a lot of time, I don't know what your commitments are, you know, between your personal and your professional life. You might not have the time. You might need to get another an engineer. Mm-hmm. Get someone you trust. Get someone who knows you, who knows what you're trying to do. And you should be able to explain to them what you're trying to do. Right. Hey, listen to this record and this record. That's what I want my record to sound like. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? I had a conversation with an engineer. They'll let you yeah. know. Yeah, you guys, we can get, we can get there. It might take us a couple passes, but I think we can get close to that. Yeah. yeah. Why not? That's a good reference mix for what you're trying to do. You know, find stuff in your lane that sounds like what you're trying to do and find an engineer who can put you there. Otherwise you'll be spending years trying to get to where they are just at a fundamental level. You're still not as good as them. You'll never be, mm-hmm. but it'll take you years just getting to where your shit is adequate. Right. And so, uh, yeah, you might need the time for other stuff. Number eight, last pro of getting someone else to do it is you mentioned it earlier, but we'll say it again is learning from example. Yes. When you do everything yourself, you don't really have anyone to learn from except your own experience. You know, there's a saying that goes, uh, I would say an intelligent man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to be wise about how you mix your records, you might want to take the opportunity to learn from someone else doing it. Yeah. It's a lot to be said, you know, about a professional putting their ear on your music um, as opposed to you thinking you got it all figured out doing yourself being in this little bubble. So you get to learn from example. What would a professional do with this? How does a professional mix my drum so that they bump? Mm-hmm. How does a professional uh, engineer uh, mix or master my vocals so that they pop? Right. How does he make them sound edgy? How do he make them, you know, they stand out? How does he clear out the mix, clear out space for them? What is he cutting? Yeah. What is he keeping? Uh, how is he making this thing sound so great? Yeah. Have those conversations. And sometimes it's cool to pay somebody to do that so you can learn from their experience, not from your mistakes. That's great. Like one of the one of the coolest things that luckily the cat that mixes both our records, um, yep. DJ Ginsu, is very experienced, dude. Yep. And what I did initially, I just sent him the record and said, tell me what I need to fix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how does this sound? Do I need to fix, you know, bass, this and that? And that's when I really started understanding phases and shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, when I asked him that initially for autopilot, like, he started sending me stuff like, this is out of phase, this is out of phase. I'm like, well, what, is, what does all of that mean? You know what I'm saying? I had to start doing research <laughs> and shit because, like you said, I was just throwing shit together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just doing shit and sounding good to me, but 
as an engineer, you hear yes. that the shit is a mess. Yes. You know, so, you know, from his experience, he would just kind of guide me and tell me, you know, this, that, this, what you need to fix. I just learned gain staging for my last project. Yeah. I just learned about gain staging. <laughs> Use you know what I'm saying? Literally. Turning everything yeah. up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just learned about gain staging literally like less than a year ago. Yeah. See, it's you a know lot of I mean? science. That's a lot of yeah. science in that shit. It's a whole field, bro. Dude, I didn't even know that was a term. I had no idea what the fuck that was. He was like, do you gain stage? I was like, what is that? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'll take that as a no. That <laughs> <laughs> means you don't. Yeah. Yeah, you, man. You're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, learning from example and, you know, watching yeah. you guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's that's been a huge thing. Luckily, I've been blessed to know cats that have been doing it for so long. So yeah. I have an idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yeah. So that that's it. That's it. That's it for this week, man. You know, mixing and mastering your own projects, man. You know, we want to shout out, you know, to our guy for the uh the topic. You know, if you are a listener to this show, you know, and you have some fly topics for us, feel free to send us a DM on the uh Super Duty Instagram profile. You know, I would say YouTube, but that's not really the forum for it. Or send us an email. Uh, email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Yeah. You know, I want to give a special shout out to all the people who have also hit us up about uh, doing ads on the program and sponsorships on the program. You know, there's been some interest and hopefully we will be coming to y'all soon with some of this. And uh, we appreciate it, man. If you got a product or service you want to, you know, pub up on this joint, hit, hit your man's up. Reach out. Superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Email us. And that's it, man. And we'll see y'all next week. Word. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work, huh? <laughs>